Triple T Thursday stands for tips, tricks, and tutorials. Today, I've got a conversation with one of my very good friends, Miss Jessica Hatch, and she has a channel on YouTube called Gone to the Snow Dogs, where she is a cross-platform content creator making content with her dogs. Did I do it? Did I nail it? You did. did. It? Ah, that was <laughs> so did. good. Clubhouse, here we come. Right. Welcome back. Which, by the way, we should we should do that again. We should do stuff on there again. I know, right? We it's really so should. Fun. I miss it. I really do. I do too. All right, everyone who is watching, we always, first of all, thank you for tuning in. We always play a very, well, I think it's fascinating and fun game when we get started with our live stream. And that's just because I'm nosy and I want to know. We play a game called What's in Your Cup. So today we'll start with our guest, Miss Jessica. What's in your cup today? Mine's boring today. I just have I have water in my in my cup that's falling apart, but I just have water today. I yeah, it's late too. here. You know, it, it, it's almost nine o'clock here, so you got to cut off the caffeine a little early so that I can sleep at night. That's good. <laughs> I, I got water too. Mine's just mixed in with some grapes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're out there watching, tell us where you're watching from and what is in your cup today. Let us know. I think I saw some coffee. I think we saw um, maybe. Usually there's someone out there with tea. There's yeah. a very big debate out there with like coffee and tea drinker sometimes. And yeah. you know, I say like, honestly, why not? Why not both? I, I start with coffee in the morning and then I switch to tea at night and it's it's fine. We can love more than one thing. But I am a, yeah. a Seattle girl. So we always start with coffee. All right. So I'm so excited to have you here. And it's just it's I feel like it's been forever. It's always so much fun to get to hang out with you. And then yeah. I saw your beautiful face in the um, in the shorts community call that oh, we yeah, had yeah. yeah a couple days ago which just yep. prompted me i was like wow i was supposed to send her all the information calendar invite bless your heart you were all <laughs> like yeah i have it in my calendar because we talked about it i'm like you're so organized look at you <laughs> you'd be surprised you'd be surprised <laughs> i made sure though after we talked i'm like because i think i forgot one time before when we did it and i'm like as yes. soon as we said it i'm like this is going yeah on. this time it's going I'm in the calendar it's real this time, time. <laughs> not this time not this time well i'm so glad that you're here today and one thing that i really want to talk to you about is being able to stand out inside of a crowded niche because you happen to be in the pet bloggy space. type sphere which is a pretty big space there are a lot of people it's a very competitive space i would liken it to almost like beauty or you know tech and like there are these very staunch communities that have a lot of content creators in them and you've still been able to stand out thrive you're in youtube books you you have over a million subscribers now across you know just one of your channels um let alone others so let's i'm i'm so excited that you're here to chat about all of this but we have to go back 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 what Way first back. got you i know right back in the day <laughs> which was a wednesday what first got you onto youtube and and you were like yes this is where i need to be so uh, i have actually been a youtube user since the early days like since 2006 my very first account is a 2006 YouTube account, like way back in the day. Um, when I first started, it was mainly for uploading like short little videos that we would share with friends and family. And every once in a while, I would upload a video of my dogs, you know, and I, I think I had like 300 subscribers way back then. And everyone's a lot. Like when everything way is first, back I'm like, then? I don't want to discount that. That's a lot for all of some <laughs> right. people, right? I'm like, yeah, oh, and just it, 300. Yeah. I'm, I know it's not a million, but like for some people, but even like, you know, it is a lot, but even back then there was such a smaller base of users. So, you know, there was like top, top 100 YouTubers way back in the day was 10,000 subscribers. So, you know, that it's pretty crazy, but I ended up 
I I followed a couple different YouTubers. Uh, one of them, SMP Films, was his was his channel at the time, and Corey Williams is his name. Uh, he had uploaded a video with Nathan Wills where they made this like impromptu song on a piano. And they're like, hey, and this was when you could do video responses. Mm. I don't know if y'all remember that, but it was video responses. And they gave the song away for free. And they're like, hey, we want you to upload videos of your pets using this song. And it was just a short little song. So I made a video and I uploaded it. And it got like a thousand views. And he commented on it. Nathan commented on it. And no joke, my brain went, I want to make YouTube videos like all these people I watch on YouTube. I want to do this. I can do this. And I kind of like, you know, from from having been a, a, a consumer for, you know, three years or so, I was like, I, I can form a plan. I want to upload three videos a week. I want to do this. I want to do this. And I'm going to make these videos with my dogs. I got all excited. I bought a camera. I told my husband and he said, you know, I just I don't want you to be upset if, you know, it, it doesn't turn out to what you, he didn't want me to get my feelings hurt. And so he was like, I, I don't want you to be upset if nobody watches and I'm like I'm like no it'll be fun this is it'll be it'll be fun this is all for fun and that was November 29th 2009 I sat down I almost named my channel this is this is crazy I almost named my channel Shiloh and Shelby the Huskies because those were the two original Huskies that actually started the channel with and I almost named it Shiloh and Shelby the Husky I was ready to put the name in and all of a sudden I was like you know one day they're not going to be here anymore which they're not. Neither of them are here anymore. And I thought, I don't want to name it that. People had always made the joke to my husband and I that we'd gone to the dogs because, you know, we have we have dogs. We don't have kids. And I thought, well, we have snow dogs. That's kind of cute. It's gone to the snow dogs. That's how I came up with the name. They're just There it is. That's the name. And the name is stuck ever since. And I'm glad I did because <laughs> if it was called Shiloh and Shelby the Huskies today, it'd be kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. No, no kidding. And like what happens when you do name a channel that's a way to have some foresight to like – have longevity in and, and you do have right. to think about some of those things right where you're just like oh I can't just name it like you know it's, what it's like it's, to be a teenager because right. as soon as you're not a teenager anymore then you're like do I have to rename my channel like right how do you how do you go from there and it's it's I think it's not that I think you can name you know your social media after a certain animal I mean you could look at like grumpy cat grumpy cat mm -hmm. still does stuff but grumpy cat has passed away and they've gotten new cats but it and they're still able to keep going, but it's not the same as what it was before. Like I did a whole interview uh, a couple of years ago with Vice, and that was what we talked about was we talked about, you know, what do you do when you have social media pets and you lose one? Yeah. Like, what do you do with the name? Do you change the name? And like all these people had to, all these different uh, influencer, pet influencers came together and like answered these questions on what they would do. And everybody kind of had a different feeling on it. I'm like, I'm just glad I made that decision a long time ago because I love the name. So it's a great question though, because it if is. you think about it, you know, unfortunately pets have sometimes a very short lifespan in comparison to some humans, right? Yep. And so if it yep. is if you're blessed with 15 to 16 years with a pet, but you right. are going to be on YouTube for 30 years, what's going to happen with that name? So I think it was a very smart decision by being able to have uh, a name that's more generic and isn't tied to a specific character. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So how long were you doing YouTube then before, you know, your family and everyone's like, dude, get out of this restaurant, like, go full time, go do your thing. I read your chapter. I read your chapter. <laughs> chapter okay. So if you haven't only. read this, this is chapter seven in Daryl Eves's book. Okay. So you can go out there. Miss Jessica is a star in chapter seven. Okay, so I kind of know the story a little bit. But I want for anyone who's watching, 
it takes quite a leap of faith sometimes to go from part-time creator into full-time creator type of space. And so what do you do? Like, how do you feel ready or prepared? Or like, what was that moment where you're like switching? We're, we're going, we're all in on this. Yeah, it was, uh, so we were, we had been doing it six years total, but before I took the leap to full-time and I probably could have, so I probably could have, could have quit my job and gone full-time at about four years, but my husband would have had to keep his job. Like at four years, I was making the same amount of money that I was making working at, you know, a standard nine to five running my parents' restaurant, uh, the family restaurant. So I could have gone at four years, but I didn't want to because I'm like, I don't want to leave and he's still got to go to work. So I don't want to do this until we can both make this jump. And then when like the thought was in the back of my head, there was the fear because everybody has the fear, you know, like you're leaving a job where you're getting a steady paycheck. You know how much you're getting paid with YouTube. It's it's with social media in general. It's different every month. You never know. So when I when I kind of had the idea that at some point in time we would want to go full time, I started taking and putting the money we were making from the platform and I was putting it into a savings account. And I'm like, this is our budget. You know, so if we want to take this leap, we're not going to constantly be going, oh, my gosh, we didn't do well enough this month. And now we got to, you know, how are we going to pay for this? Or, oh, we can't take a vacation where we can't do this. I wanted to have that sense of security behind me, which, which even all these ironic when you say anything like about security in the world of YouTube. Right. But anyways, right. yes, go ahead. Right? <laughs> but, you know, even now to this day, I still have I reevaluate our budget about every three months and I make sure that I have enough of a bubble where if everything were to, if, if the world came to an end tomorrow, we would be okay. You know, we, we would be okay for at least a year. That's my, that's what I think gives me peace of mind when creating content is knowing that I can experiment a little bit because if things don't go as well as they need to, then it's okay. But yeah, I, uh, kind of had, you know, made sure we had this bubble and then I was still too scared to do it. I didn't want to jump. I didn't want to do it. And I ended up my my brother had lost left his job or lost his job or whatever and he was looking for work and his his wife was looking for work and literally walked into the deli one day and my mom looked at me and she's like you know you work 50 hours a week here you go home and work 40 hours a week cuz i was i was uploading 3 videos a week we were vlogging doing the dog's channel all facebook instagram everything we were doing all of it plus going to work every day and my mom kind of just said you know you were in the best position to take this risk what do you have to lose? And I'm like, like, thanks, mom. Yeah, the truth, I'm like, mom. I'm like, I guess I don't really have anything to lose. So, and it wasn't like, like we had the discussion, and in less than a week we left the deli. There was wow. no like, oh, we'll do this six months from now or a month from now. It was like, well, your brother can come in and start, and blah blah blah. blah. And we went, you know what? Timing. If we, and the thing was, is I felt like if we didn't just do it, sometimes you just got to rip that bandaid off. If you didn't you just think do your way it, out of it, right? Yeah. You, yeah. I, w- and I would have, I would have oh, thought yeah. my way. Out of I it. could totally see that happening for you because <laughs> yeah, you were probably ready for, for a while. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I was, I was definitely ready. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one thing that I, I think is so lovely about your story too, is that you always, anytime I hear you, whether it's, um, you know, in a, a two buddy live stream that we did together, if it's in a clubhouse room we do together, if it's anywhere that we're chatting together, it's always cross platform. It's not, I'm a YouTuber, right? right. Because, um, right. people who don't know as well, like 
you've got a gargantuan following over on Facebook. You have a yeah. huge following on TikTok. You have a large following on Pinterest, right? You have <laughs> all of these different avenues and, and, and Twitter, of course, and Instagram. Right. So you are a little bit of everywhere. So one, how do you find a way to be able to distribute all of that content across all these platforms that you need to be on? So I guess we'll start with that before we move on to the next thing. <laughs> Uh, the honest answer, I have no idea. I just do it. Like I, people are always like, what's your strategy and how do you do this? And and I'm like, you know, I, I'm so old school. I, I literally just, you know, I have my, my notebooks with my little, I, this one even has notes on it of the things I'm supposed to do before this weekend. But like, I have my notebooks and they sit here and I'm not kidding. I have six notebooks sitting here. And I, I write the checklist things. of it all, right? Yep. You want to yep, like cross I, it off or like yep. checklist it. And that's kind of what I do. Like when I create a piece of content, I, I if I like if I'm creating long form content and I know there's bits and pieces that would work as shorter content or would work better other places, if I shortened it down, I'll write it down. Make sure to put this here, make sure to put this there. And then you work through it, you know, and that the stuff gets posted. And then same thing with like the reels and the shorts. You know, those are all separate, but it's like, all right, we made a reel, but this one's got to go here. This one's got to be slightly changed to go to this platform. So I'll just edit the couple different versions and just start uploading them. And it's, I don't know how I get it done, but usually by the end of the <laughs> you day, also I have go, many years of experience doing this. Yes. Yeah. So I think and if someone was to look no at your checklist, I mean, one thing that I think always when I think of your content is that you really have embraced vertical video. You know, it's yes. one of my passions and I love it so much with my whole heart. And it's one of the things that makes it easier to go cross-platform, especially yes. in all these different places that accept it, whether it's, you know, IG Reels or TikToks or YouTube Shorts, which you have a separate Shorts channel also yep. doing very, very well. And I feel like it's harder to take sometimes that um, horizontal widescreen content. And so do you think about chopping down the middle or do you think about filming things specifically vertically for all of these places to distribute? So 90% of the time, I will specifically film vertically, mainly because I feel like for me, unless the moment in the video is something that I captured was so good that I know it'll perform, even if it's not that, you know, that, that perfect vertical look, like if you have to put a little bit of blur at the top and blur at the bottom and maybe some text so people don't really notice, if the moment doesn't really make me laugh out loud or an emotional reaction for me or somebody else, you know, in the comments is like, this moment was amazing. I won't pull it out of long form content. I will create vertical content for those platforms outside of what we're doing. Or if I'm filming a video, like uh, one of the videos we did, we were filming when we got the new pool installed and the, do the dogs were digging in the yard. And I had this vision of, oh, this would make a really cute reel. This, and this is a backwards story. So I feel, I started filming Memphis, my oldest dog, digging in this mud hole and just having a good time. And then Kira came in and she started digging. And as my one minute of whatever I'm going to cut this down to kind of filled up filming vertical, I didn't stop filming because they were way too cute. And I'm like, this is adorable. And in my mind, I'm like, the dogs are digging their own pool because that's what was happening. They We moved the old pool. They were digging where the new pool was going to be. I filmed like a five minute vertical video of the dogs digging the pool. And I actually, again, backwards from what we were kind of talking about, I took that vertical video and I made it into a long form 16 mm -hmm. by nine video. And the whole time I'm like, nobody's going to watch this. They're going to hate it. It doesn't have, it's not formatted right. It, it, it is one of my best performing videos really? of last year. <laughs> yeah. It's but so surprising. The, I'm like, oh, but they're cute. So. The moments in it were what made it like, and I knew that it would work 
for vertical content very well. I knew I could put the text and I could make it really cute, but I wasn't sure if it would work the same for long form content. And it did. So I had clips for both, but most of the time, like if I'm filming something, you know, if the dogs are, if we're even just, I'll just use like dog sledding or something. If we're dog sledding and I'm filming a long form, I will film and then I will pull my phone out or I'll turn my camera and I'll film again. Sometimes I repeat the same thing, but I really like that native format for vertical content. I feel like, I feel like it resonates with your audience better because your, your vertical viewers know you're filming for them. You didn't just take something and put it there. Not that that doesn't work because it can still work. You just have to do it right. Absolutely. No, I love that. And so, you know, I fully embrace vertical and I think it's just one easy way to be able to check those boxes down the line once you start thinking of, okay, I have this piece of content and then, you know, it gets overwhelming thinking of all the places that you can put it, but when it's already vertical and it's already formatted and edited and everything, yep. then you'll be like, okay, Pinterest idea pin, there it is. And then all of a sudden it's IG real and you literally just go down the, the boxes and be like, yep. this is the easiest way to distribute across multiple platforms is by having this one shareable 60 seconds or less sometimes, um, you know, cause a few of them will do, a, few minutes, but really 60 right. seconds. And you can just be like here. And now it's everywhere. And I think that's one of the secrets to being able to distribute widely is having oh, yeah. vertical under 60 seconds that you can just put anywhere. And yeah. it doesn't have to be in that moment. It can be like trickled out over a week or a month or whatever, because a lot of the time you can just feed that content into the machine anytime. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it definitely makes a big difference. Absolutely. And another thing I really want to, and the whole point of this is saying that you're cross-platform by never putting all of your eggs into any one basket. I think it's really right. smart strategically because, you know, we have a lot of people talk a lot about multiple streams of income. And to be able to do that, sometimes you also have to have multiple streams of influence. And so right. we find a lot of people who, right, you're like, oh, I've got this huge audience over here on YouTube, but I've got nothing on Pinterest or nothing on TikTok or nothing on whatever. And you've really managed to have a strong hold on so many platforms. So if one of them went down, people are going to find you on right. some other platform. Can you talk a little bit about how you prioritize those platforms or like how you're able to grow all of them at the same time? Because a lot of people can't do that. My... My main platform is YouTube. It is still the one I feel like I put the most focus into, uh, long form and short form. I feel like that's the one I, I tend to put the most focus into. I still, to this day, it it's the most fun for me. And I know this sounds really silly, but I go to the one that's the most fun. And because I have the most fun on YouTube, I prioritize there. YouTube doesn't necessarily always you know, make us the most money. But it's the most fun. And when you do this full time, you have to have something that, you know, you're you're this is fun and I enjoy this. And so YouTube currently is the most fun. TikTok for a while was as well. But I think that when it comes to going cross-platform and like really figuring out where you want to be, I try to prioritize YouTube. YouTube, it would probably be YouTube. And then as silly as it is, Facebook. And I didn't really prioritize Facebook for a long time. Like we would upload there, but I didn't really have a Facebook strategy, but then the page started blowing up. So I was always trying to make sure to have content going up there. Um, I didn't really start putting extra effort into Facebook until we went to a pet convention where the dogs got to do like a meet and greet with a bunch of people. And the amount of people that came up to me and says, said, oh my gosh, I watch you on Facebook. I heard that more than YouTube. So that was kind of that, mo that aha moment to me where I was like, it does matter to be on these platforms. And it does matter because an Instagram consumer isn't necessarily a YouTube consumer, isn't necessarily a Facebook consumer, isn't necessarily a TikTok consumer. Mm -hmm. 
So as hard as it can be to try to be everywhere, there is a lot of importance behind it. And, it, and you know, like, yeah, I am. I'm right there with you because I believe that sometimes you should be on all the different platforms because you just don't know which platforms are going to accept a specific video for, you know, a, a, for what it is. I have right. one specific like 10 second little um, video that I did for an Amazon shoppable video on a Tarani pump syrup thing, right. you know, that you stick in and yep. it has like four views on Amazon. It just crossed 60,000 views on TikTok. And it has 2,000 views on YouTube Shorts. And it has 30 views on Instagram Reels. But the fact is, it's everywhere. Yeah. But like, if people were to watch it, I don't care where they watch it, if they end up buying it through the, you know, affiliate link or whatever right. else it is, right. or if it's just to get out there. But like, people are so sometimes entrenched in, I'm not doing Facebook, or I'm not doing whatever, right. or whatever it is. And I'm like, but what if that was the platform where 60,000 people would have seen it? <laughs> like, why would you limit yourself? And it's not like they have to go up at the same time. I can still dole right. that out whenever. But it's just like for people to sometimes stick their head in the sand and be like, oh, I'm not doing X platform. I get it. That's your that's your prerogative. But what if you put all your eggs into the YouTube basket and then all of a sudden you get some community strike and then some yep. other thing you can't even upload. You can't even talk to your audience. So YouTube changes the algorithm all changes the on such a basis. Like even like the, you know, the 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 what adpocalypse, how many times have adpocalypse happened? You know, <laughs> right. Like and then the COPA thing with like all the kids stuff and changing everything. There's so many variables in all of it. Like you, you kind of have to put your foot in the water everywhere and just see. Right? You got to taste you it. Know. And sometimes yeah. certain platforms aren't for certain types of uh, like people. I, it seems I like all of a sudden, like people are banging their heads against the wall sometimes trying to make YouTube work when all of a sudden it turns out that they're just really great TikTok creators. And yeah, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that, you know? But like if you spend, what is that saying? Like if you spend um, all your time telling a bird he's stupid for not being able to like swim underwater or something and hold his breath and you know or that was a horrible slaughtering of the same but i think you know what i mean right or like right. a bird will go his whole life thinking he's stupid because he can't swim as well as a fish or something right. like that and i'm just like you sometimes gotta embrace um yeah. the different platforms yeah. and and so i think it's to some people's detriment they just completely um and i do get some people are like very like one and then add and then one and right. then add. But um, I don't think sometimes there's anything wrong with dipping the toes in the water if it's just a, not that much extra effort to it's, get it out there. It can be very overwhelming. And I think that's where, you know, having a little bit of a content strategy uh, can help. And it's not to say that, you know, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I'm going to start on YouTube. And when I start doing well on YouTube, I'll start going here. Don't wait till you start doing well. Once you figured out YouTube, and that doesn't mean doing well, once you go on this day, I'm going to upload this video, I film this video, once you have your routine, I don't care if you're getting five views on a video or 500,000 views on a video. Once you have your routine and, you, and you've got it, you're like, I do this on this day, I do this, I do this, now add something. You know, it, don't wait till you're pulling hundreds of thousands of views because now, you know, you're missing out somewhere else. Right slowly you can you can easily slowly start adding those things and learning each platform and there's so many groups you know that you can get into on facebook where people are super friendly and can help you out you know like or talk to other creator friends of yours that can help you out but don't wait to try those things because like you said a few minutes ago you don't know it may only have 10 views on youtube but you put it over on i have a friend of mine that's that's done that you know he's doing videos on youtube that get like you know he's got I don't know, 30,000 subscribers. He started uploading to Facebook after I kept telling him, you got to try it. You got to try it. He's got over 200,000 followers on Facebook. He's doing better on Facebook than YouTube. 
Yeah. And he never would have done it and if I wouldn't forget, have been like, like you other platforms it. monetize too, right? Whether yeah. it's like the bonuses, whether, um, you know, the Instagram was doing, whether, you know, Facebook has its own monetization system. Yep. TikTok has a creator fund, even if it does or doesn't pay that well. Like right. almost all of, I know, I'm like, that's a whole other thing. All <laughs> of the other platforms still have ways to um, not only monetize, but not only that, you can monetize yourself, whether it's, yep. you know, your own merchandise and, and whatnot. And I think that you've done a very interesting thing. You have monetized in merchandise when it comes to things like coloring books or yeah. something that wouldn't like necessarily be represented oh. always. I know they're so cute <laughs> with like a pets channel, right? So people yeah. would probably be like, oh, you're probably gonna talk about pet toys or food or, um, you know, outdoor things. But you really kind of went another route. Like you did th this, you kind of have done a Patreon, you know, you were yep. signing out like Christmas cards, you were doing a, a calendar. So do you want to talk a little bit about some of the strategy that comes behind like merchandise and what you decide is a good fit for your channel? So you know, we have like standard merch, we have, you know, shirts and things like that. But I, I guess I've always been the person that's been like, what, what's different out there that maybe not everybody is doing. Um, we've done pins, we have, we're, we actually have more pins that hopefully are coming out this year. But I try to do things that are, I don't necessarily want to do merchandise that's going to make me a ton of money. Not that I don't want to sell stuff to make money, but I want to sell items to our audience that like the coloring, the coloring books was a perfect example. They're, they're not that expensive, but this for somebody to have this and be Here's able to hold joy. it in their hand and like color the pictures of the dogs. And we actually, uh, my a friend of mine who edits my videos, he works for me. Uh, last night they did a live stream. They did a coloring night. So like our whole audience well, not our whole audience, but, you know, a bunch of our crossover audience was there. and We all colored pictures together on a live stream and then everybody posted it in a group. I feel like there's there's merchandise for merchandise and then there's merchandise for that community. Feel. Yes. And I feel like the coloring books were the community feel. We did the I don't know if you can see them if they're back there. They're like back there. I have little plushies. We did I the know. plushies. You know? So like, again, those were those were something that I wanted people to be able to have that it's the dog you know like so for me I try to do a little bit different I try to be a little bit different than what everybody else is doing or at least try to get out there before everybody else starts doing it like even when we started those plushies there weren't that many people doing it and now the company that I work through is like super slammed because everybody figured it out they're like oh we can do this and it, we can actually pull this off now we all got to do it. So I was going to ask you, I feel like you should have that coloring book available as a, as a digital download so that people who I, use Procreate and everything, they can yes. color it in and then they can, you know, export the, the thing. I was it's, like, I would like it on my iPad to color. It is on the list of things. To <gasps> do. I, ha I have all of the images. So this was actually um, the, the coloring book. This is one of the photographed ones. Um, the coloring oh. book is actually designed by a longtime subscriber of mine that I became friends with very early in my YouTube career. She has drawn a lot of art for us. Um, she actually did all the artwork for that. And on top of that, we also are already getting ideas for another one. We're like, we did one. It's done great. Why not you do another should. one? Like, and they could have different seasons where it's like yes. they're wearing like Santa hats or they're like, you know, the Great Fall Pumpkin. I mean, you could have one. Yeah, different times of the day or yeah. you know, different times of the year. That would be and so fun. Okay. I do have to acknowledge so we had our first super chat of Yay. the of the stream. So thank you so much to RFS Dan. Hey, that's, he that's, said that's supporting my, my creator friends. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much for visiting us and doing a live stream. Um, usually, typically um, with the live stream, I would put on this overlay of bubbles and we would dance under the sea and play music. Right. I don't think we can do that, but I'm going to try and hit the button 
You let me know if you hear music. And if you do, it's a, it's a short 20 second jingle here. You got a boogie. <laughs> and um, if not, if no one hears it, we're just going to be dancing to no music for fun. Here we go. Here we go. I hear some music. That's for you, Dan. I don't know, guys, if you can hear it out there, but we can hear it. I know we can hear it. It's great. It's rock and roll. Thank you so much for your super chat. And uh, yeah, if you guys are out there, please let us know if you heard that or to just make us feel super embarrassed. Let us know that you heard nothing and our dance moves were spectacular anyway. (laughs) So (laughs) We're making do with technical. Oh, yes, we got a loud and clear. We hear it. Yay. Thank you so much. Pixel Pia. Appreciate you for for making us feel good or being in on the conspiracy. Any of the above. now you also, but you also had a Patreon and um, that's something that you do also to connect with your community. And I feel like even with a community of over a million, let's just say on one platform, you still have some of these relationships with some of your viewers that runs deep, like you're including them in your coloring book. How do oh, yeah. you still, how do you maintain that kind of level of intimacy with your audience when it's such a large, as you, as you grow and scale, like how, how are you able to do that? It's 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 one of those things like over time you you start to recognize names and recognize people that are there through everything. You know, they're there and they're on every video, they're in every group that you run, they're like they're they're everywhere. And those are the people that you really start to be able to like you said, our audience is so large, it's hard for me to be able to focus on everybody, but when you see the same name that pops up all the time everywhere, you go, "All right, maybe maybe you know, I want to engage with you more because you've been here for so long or you're literally everywhere. And sometimes, you know, those conversations just turn into, I have made the most amazing friends through my YouTube channel. I have people that, you know, started off watching our channels that I now talk to on a daily basis. I like, you kind of just, sometimes you click with people and that that's just what happens. Like, I don't know how it happens. It kind of just happens, but it's usually because it's, they're there all the time. Um, I try to like, like I have a Facebook group, I have a Discord, the Discord's Patreon only, but I have a a Facebook group and um, I try really hard to be in there and responding to people. I try to take little bits of time each day and go in there and respond. And on top of that, you know, it's like going to YouTube and responding to comments and starting those conversations because you, you want your audience to know that they've been heard. I think it's really important that to, that they know that they've been heard uh miss becky actually just commented in the in the comments she is 100 one of those people becky has been around my audience for forever i met her in person two years ago she's from germany she flew to the novi pet expo to meet the dogs and me and we got photos together and she helped me during the event she's one of those people like she's just been around forever you know i she i'm friends with her on facebook you know we we talk every once in a while she's one of those people that just you know somehow we just connected but that's cool that she said it does happen and it <laughs> happens over time and and quite organically yeah. sometimes right like absolutely there are people that i always recognize that are in my like chat that are in the comments that and and people who do show up we see you we yeah. see you we, and and even if we're not the best at acknowledging we see you and we see it right, <laughs> that right. also goes to the bad right. <laughs> we see you <laughs> We see you. Stop uh, it. <laughs> we might not be able to respond to every single person, but yeah, 
Yeah, no, we we do. We we know you're there and we try. We try. <laughs> we do try. It is it is difficult. Okay, we got another super chat. It's Sam's Life with a Husky. Oh, I don't know if you've wow. seen her channel. She's got a cute <laughs> husky too. Okay, it says sending um some support. Wow, that was awesome. Sending some support. That alliteration just got me that time. To two of my favorite female content creators <laughs> cross-platform ones. Thank you for being you. All right, so we're going to try another button and another dance. Now that we know that the music works, are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Push the button. I hear it. I feel like I should grab the dog. I don't even know where she is. <laughs> That one's a shorter one. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you so Jesse. much, Sam's Life for the Husky. Yeah, Jesse. There's one more. I think there's one more soundboard one that I've got. So if anyone else out, like, that's it. That's all the original music. It's it's from right. my roadcaster. So I, oh, there's right. only a few buttons that are programmed to sound. So <laughs> I don't have my normal sounds. Right. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing right now. Okay. So what is kind of coming up next? I mean, you got world domination, of course, on the on the to-do list, but like, what else is going on in for you and like what's what's coming up? Oh my gosh, a lot. <laughs> um, we just announced to our audience recently. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but we just landed a brand ambassadorship with Jayco yes, RV. I saw that. Yeah. So yeah. It, this it was one of my dream brands to work with. Like Jayco and Jeep were literally the top two brands. I for years I've always said that. Like if I could land a Jayco sponsorship or a Jeep sponsorship, like I could see you with Jeep. You know, that's the dogs the are always piling at me like, let's go. I see right? those pictures. Yes. Right. I stalk you very much. Yes. And yes. Jeep knows who we are. Jeep, if you're out there <laughs> listening, hit me up. I love how you just um, gloss over the part that I'm just like stalk <laughs> right. you later and you're just like cool. <laughs> no, I know. Trust me. Um, oh, I know. But yeah, the so one of the big things that we're doing this year is we're going to be doing a lot more traveling <laughs> because uh, we got to get that content. And yeah. uh, we'll be going to some RV events. Jayco has invited us to some uh, big RV events. We were supposed to go to one in Florida, but the weather rapidly changed here and there was no way we were going to be able to make it down. But we're going to Nashville for an event and uh, there's a couple other places we're going. They're on the calendar somewhere. But like that's one of the big things that I know that's happening this year is uh, we'll be doing some really fun stuff with Jayco, and I'm super excited about it because, like I said, I our little Jayco camper that we have, we it's you know it's a 2013, but I love it. I didn't, I've loved it since the day we bought it. So you know, and our audience always says it. They're like, oh, you should work with them, and then it finally happens. And then it finally Dreams happens, right? Through. Yeah. You know, and sometimes yeah. we're gonna get we're gonna come back to this point, but. Quickly, I want to acknowledge for anyone who is out there, please start spamming the comment section with questions that you have, and then um, Jessica can pull a few of them. So please start doing that. And also drop a thumbs up on this video um, if you did find it and you found us because we're sorry that we were on the other one before and it didn't quite work out for us. Okay, so we're, we're, we're soldiering on through the right. technical difficulties. But um, I, I just wanted to come back to the point that sometimes the collaborations that you want to do with certain companies they end up coming years and years and years down into an experience or just much later than you sometimes think. And I remember Roberto Blake, he had put some sort of tweet out and he said something like um, people's memories are like long, you know, yeah. but your actions are sometimes are like sometimes short. Again, butchered that not correct at all. But the point <laughs> is that people remember things that they see here and how you react or, you know, to certain things. And so if you're just out there, running your mouth and being a fool and you know and then all of a sudden one day you're going to clean up your act for this favorite brand that you want to work with that's not usually how it works because they've right. probably seen you observed you 
stalked you and you know if they start to see stuff like that of course like like maybe that's not the club but also conversely if they're seeing like hey for five years or since 2013 since we've had this trailer and we've loved it and we've been in it they're like oh wow they're a real user a real lover of our product and then all of a sudden it's like it makes sense absolutely and then it's no surprise to your audience that they see you not only with that company, but partnering up and then all of a sudden they're excited for you and they're not, yes. you know, calling you a shill and a sellout and all these right, things. They're like, right. oh my God, this is amazing. It's about time or things that I've seen like in the beauty community, there was a, a, a collab that happened between Bra Beauty, Christie and ColourPop, but she had been talking about them for five years, something right. like that. And like people had continually been pestering the company being like, why don't you partner with, why don't you? And then, you know, many years later when she finally got this collab, people were like, Oh my gosh, you know, we, we did this together as a community and they yeah. all get to celebrate it. And it, it's one of those things where it does sometimes happen like that. And like the years on YouTube are sometimes short and long all at the very same time, right? So it's like you yes. want to work with Jeep today and you're just like, oh man, it didn't happen. And then five years later, you're like, dude, it feels like yesterday, but like this makes so much sense. So that stuff does happen frequently. It it does. And you know, you just you just don't give up. Keep tagging them. Keep uh, every time I post a picture with the Jeeps. And I did the same thing with Jayco for all those years. Every time, every story I would put, you know, we'd be camping and I would tag them and they would restory. So they knew who we are, you know, to your, to what you're saying. They knew who we are. I had had conversations on Instagram. I've had conversations on Instagram with Jeep. You know, hey, can we put this picture here? Can we share this on our Instagram? You know, things like that. So like they, they do, they start to know who you are. And when you continuously keep showing up and it's not like spamming them. Like be genuine, yeah, yeah. you know, be genuine. We were out camping. Here's a cool picture. Let's tag them. I think when you when you show that you genuinely like these brands, that's when you really get to build those connections. And yeah, all these years later, I'm still I'm still kind of right? mind blown that it actually. Well, happened, it's that same but. experience maybe <laughs> that you know Becky may have, or it's like oh, I've been coming to these live streams, or I've been showing up on every video and leaving a comment. And I'm not saying you, Becky, but you being like, and now I'm making a coloring book with them. You know, right, or right. now I'm, I'm meeting them and taking photos with them at this pet convention or whatever else it is. And it's just like some of those things, they just take longer, um, just period. Yeah. <laughs> things yeah. sometimes take longer. Yep. But, um, okay. So we've got that going on for this next year. You got some travel going on and then all the rest of it, like Facebook, are you, are, what do you think about sometimes like Triller? Remember that? <laughs> came and went <laughs> or like what was the other one vero or yeah. like sometimes oh you have gosh. a lot of these different brands or platforms that kind of up and come or, and then just leave <laughs> yeah but then sometimes you get the ones that kind of like stay the course so right now we're seeing this like big battle if you think about it between like tiktok and youtube yes and a lot of people are having a, a tough time deciding or a lot of people are having um this jump trying to go from one to the other would you have any advice for someone who maybe was always maybe doing TikTok and is trying to convert over into YouTube or maybe even conversely because you are so well versed in all these platforms? I really I feel like, you know, if you would have asked me this when TikTok first came out, my advice to most TikTokers would have been if you want to make the jump, you need to understand the YouTube platform isn't quite the same. Where now I feel like because shorts are such a thing on YouTube, making the jump from TikTok to YouTube is a no-brainer. Never been like, easier, right? <laughs> you know, you just, you just do it. But making the jump from YouTube to TikTok, as we were talking about earlier, kind of bringing this full circle, 
if you're just cutting up snippets of your video and dropping them on TikTok and not also making native content for TikTok, there's nothing wrong with chopping up those old videos and putting them out there and letting people see them on TikTok. But you also need to make that native content for TikTok because I feel like that resonates with the audience better. I think it's just, it's it's really discovering what works. Don't be afraid to experiment. Don't be afraid to take what you do and change it a little bit and see, you know, we'll try this. Will this work? Maybe we'll try that. Will that work? I put shorts on my main channel. They worked if you <laughs> just want to get views. <laughs> I mean, because they they did. They performed. I guess that's what I should say. They performed. Did they perform and convert to more views on my long form content? They did not. They, they did, didn't. They're two separate audiences. You know, over time, I think as shorts become more of a thing, I think there will be, it'll be easier to, to cross pollinate that. But right now it just wasn't a thing that worked, but I tried it. I learned from it. I learned a lot from it. And I learned that I still want to make those series, but I'm going to put them over here. But then I'm also going to film these series. And this is my idea because I want to bring back the life of the Husky series and the uh, Husky facts series, but I'm going to film them so that I can put them as shorts, but then when I have so many of them, I can also put them as a long form video on my main channel, Yeah, but they'll be formatted correctly because I'll be able to film at the same time. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's making sure to think about those things as they're happening, but, you know, jumping from platform to platform, you just study, study and what's working, you know, who's popular on the platform, what are they doing? How are they doing it? You know, are they in knowing, knowing your audience really helps. Uh, you know, some people will say, well, my audience isn't on TikTok. You'd be surprised. It's all ages. You can find an audience that, you know, you, your, your audience will find you there. The people that are, that are like your age demographic, they're there. Trust me. <laughs> you just got to find them. And to find them, got to put out content. If you don't put out content, you're right. You're never going to find them. <laughs> and I think you're like, not brave, but you know what I mean? Like you're, um, you're willing to go out there and experiment right. and try things and be like, oh, this didn't work or this did. Because I think a lot of people just ruminate so so long, right? They think their way out of things. And so they're yes. like, oh, well, short form content doesn't work. So they just don't yeah. do it. And then meanwhile, here you are with like hundreds of thousands of, you know, on shorts channels and on TikTok, right? All of these right. naysayers. And you're like, you didn't even try it. You didn't even right. go after, you didn't even try. And that's the thing is at least you can, even if you try and fail, there's still usually some learning lesson and, in it, right and that's the thing like you you try you you know was it daryl eaves somebody's i don't remember who said it somebody says that fail fast you know you try it fail you failed okay now what change it change something you're doing try it a little bit differently that didn't work either okay change it don't be afraid to change it just because it didn't just because this didn't work doesn't mean you can't look at it and go what did i learn from this let's make this change and try this Oh, well, that worked. You know, you, 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 you never really fail as long as you learn from it and keep trying. Right. You know? That whole, I didn't fail. I just learned 1000 ways not to make a light bulb. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And you still have to like, you have to learn it. You have to do it and experience it. But one thing now you're in the pet niche mm -hmm. and there are so many people in the pet niche. So what advice would you give to people who are trying to break into something that seems so heavily saturated? How are you able to kind of stand out, differentiate yourself, or just make it in a field. It's like someone now breaking into beauty or now right. breaking into tech. Like, how do you really kind of go after it and make it your own? I think there's a lot of truth to being yourself, being the the authentic you 
it's not that you, you know, you may, you may have the ideas, like you watch all these channels and you're like, I want to be like this. I want to be like this. I want to be like this. You don't want to be like that. You want to be you and bring your own personality into that. And I think that that is kind of what, what can set people apart, even in niches that seem like they're completely saturated. It's not necessarily even that you have to bring something different. You are different. You are the difference. You're the different person than the person that's doing it over here. So when you bring the element of you, I think that there's, to me, you know, I'm not talking data, but to me, I feel like (laughs) there's, there's such a, there's a lot to be said for that. You know, there's a lot to be said for, for, you and your personality and what you can bring to a platform. Um, I think there's also a lot to be said about studying what's working. You know, what are people making? Do I want to make content like this? How can I take this? Because I like this, but I kind of want it to be like this. How can I take this and turn it into something that's more my own? Because you don't want to just go out there and blatantly copy, you know, what everybody else is doing because it's not going to work, especially if you try to be those people. It's not going to work. You need to be yourself and then figure out how you want to create what it is you want to create. And it, it sounds really confusing, but it's it's not. Just be authentic. People want the real you more than they want anything else. Not That's not to say that, you know, channels that go out there and make different types of content don't work. But I feel like the people that are the most authentic are the people that tend to do the best. I feel, uh, well, one, I completely agree with you. But two, I also think that people are sometimes so afraid to be themselves they try to make themselves whatever is popular and is already the right. archetype of what's going well. And audience can smell <laughs> or see all of the disingenuousness that is coming through yeah. screen and be like, why are you trying to be like PewDiePie? Why are you trying right. to be like Jessica Hatch? We already have a Jessica Hatch. We don't need another, you know, like pseudo Jessica Hatch. Right. So, and I think it's so true that people are almost like, well, I just want to emulate what's working instead of showing them me. But the truth right. is the me part is what makes it interesting for other people, right? Yeah. 100%. And I think a lot of people don't want to do that because they're just scared either at their core that people aren't going to like them. I mean, well, I think it usually comes back to that or they're so nervous. They just, you just want to go after what you have seen right. be successful. But I think a lot of the time it's, I'm afraid people won't find me interesting. People don't like me very much. And I think What's sad about that is that that is coming from this mindset of people like everyone should love me. And once you kind of get over that, like you're never going to be everything to everyone. And and like, you know, like most of us, like we're not Dwayne the Rock Johnson, where it's like universally loved. Right. We're just like we're going to piss off some people. We're going to be loved by some people. And a lot of people are going to be ambivalent. And we don't need to spend our time on the people that hate us and the people that are like, we're just trying to jam out with the people that love us. And like the sooner that you realize that I think as a content creator that you don't have to appeal to everyone, the better off you're going to be mentally, all that stuff, right? Because you can block, you can delete, you can whatever, but you really have to speak to the people that you want to speak to. And I think a lot of people, when they're first starting, they want to be everything to everyone and then they get disappointed that no one relates to them. Right. And, you know, if you really think about it, like if you think about it recently, think about the people that you see that are blowing up on TikTok, you know, the people that come out of nowhere and you're like, wow, where did this person even come from? And how do they have all these millions of followers? And they've only been doing this. But then you really look at their content and you go, they're not doing everything everybody else is doing. They're doing something totally different. And it shows, you know, so I, I feel like there's, 
there's just that in there's just that element of you. Just be you. And I know it sounds so cliche. People say that all the time. They're like, oh, I've right. been told that my whole life. Just be me and people will accept me for me. I would rather you, you know, I would rather be me and have people expe- accept me for me than be something I'm not and have to continuously put on that persona. Right. Because it's an ever, act. Ever. It's a show. And then you're yep. like, wait, what am I like? Do I like yeah. pineapple on pizza or do I not? <laughs> right. Did I tell people I like pineapple on pizza or do I not? You know, and right. it was just like you either are in t- one team or the other. And it's yeah. fine. You don't have to. If you are team pineapple, go right. convince the people who are anti pineapple that they're wrong. Right. You know, right. I'm like, you just sit there in your wrongness and be wrong. I'm going to go jam right. out with the people who are into pineapple, you know, and like right. people think that like, oh, if I carve out just a specific section that's going to limit me when in fact it actually sets you more free because you're right. you're free to be like your crazy wild self with the people who jam out with you in that respect. And so I just find, especially with new YouTubers, they're trying to be too many things to too many people and yes. they don't find out until much later that it's just better to be in with a smaller group, right? The right yeah. viewers, the right, right. people. And, it, you know, I, I think you're right. I think there are a lot of people that are like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to become full time and I'm going to make all this money and I'm going to blah, 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 blah. You know, there are channels out there that have been doing this for years. It may still be sitting at 5000 subscribers and they're some of the happiest creators you'll ever meet because they have a core audience that they've built that they know. And some of them are full time because they've built a core audience that they love, that they know, that supports them in such a way. Just because you don't have a million subscribers doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. Those are just numbers. Right. It's you know, that one thousand like, true fans, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, the people who will pay for your membership or your course yeah. or whatever or your Patreon versus having one million people follow you or remember that one in- influencer on Instagram that couldn't sell seventeen T-shirts. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Right. I, like influence I, is not the same just because based right. on some social media inflated number, which some people just buy. I mean, truthfully. <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. They do. So. But I do. I think the core, I think your core, I always call them the core. I call them the hardcore audience or the hardcore audience. Um, I think that the, <laughs> I think that 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 core audience, anybody that can build that, those are the people that are going to p- push you forward. You know, because everybody talks about, you know, creator burnout and we all have these moments. We all have these moments where we want to quit. But it's that core audience that you really relate with that kind of keeps you going and kind of like gives you that encouragement to, you know, hey, it's okay if you don't do this this day. We're still here for you. Like, you know, you don't hear that from a general audience. You hear that from your core. And I feel like there's there's an importance to that. And again, doesn't matter if it's, you know, if you you have a thousand subscribers or a hundred subscribers or 10 subscribers. Once you have that core of those people who are there with you every single time, it makes a world of difference. And that's why I think the authenticity is so important. And I feel like sometimes, again, with newer creators, they're so worried about that next thousand, that next milestone, the next whatever, they forget to take care of the people that are already there. Yep. Um, and it doesn't always go well for them yeah. <laughs> when they forget, yeah. you know, not like forget where you came from type of thing. But I mean, right. like every single person is still a person who is yep. um, dedicating their own time that they could be spending doing anything to hang out with you. Exactly. And by taking them for granted and then being like, yeah, but wait until our next 100,000 or wait until our next whatever. Once we hit this milestone, then we're going to do this. It, it kind of would probably rub some people the wrong way because it's not just some numbers right. game. Right? Like I think a lot of people reacted. There was that clip with Charlie D'Amelio and um, James Charles where they were like, oh, I would just would like to get to 100 million for whatever. And he's like, the 
57 million wasn't good enough for you or whatever it was, you know, it was right, just like, right. Once people started thinking like, oh, we're literally just numbers to her. She doesn't care about any of us. Like, right. That's not a great attitude for your audience it's to not. believe that you have towards them. Right. Exactly. Ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> ever. <laughs> so let me know, how are things going with the pool? And do you it's still have snow? It's frozen. The pool is frozen. Uh, mm -hmm. They finished the pool two weeks into October. Uh, we had a heat wave because if you guys don't know, I live in northern Michigan. And uh, we actually had a heat wave and it was like 80 degrees in October, which doesn't happen. So we turned the heat on. We were able to use it. We were able to film the dogs in it. Uh, my nephew actually came over and swam in it. And then mid-October, we shut it down. So it got installed. We used it like twice. <laughs> now it's... Uh, Covered in snow, it's frozen in the backyard, and uh, covered in snow until we thaw out. If it was completely frozen and they could walk on it, would that just be? Oh, they could walk on it. It's frozen. Yeah. <laughs> and like looking at me, like, "Mom, I want to go in." Then, we we got a. I, I'm a. I'm what they call a, a helicopter dog mom. You know, I like all the time. I'm like, if we're gonna have a pool, we have to have this, and we have to. We have. To well, have I saw them with cover. their little floaties. They're like yes. leg jackets, and like, yep. oh no, I saw it. So it has to be fenced in. It has to be fenced in so they can't get into it. It has to have an auto cover. The auto cover has to be shut whenever we're not out there. So we we do have like this auto cover that goes over it. So right now you could walk on the pool. You'd be on a cover, but it's ice underneath there. I was telling my husband that I'm like, that'd be kind of funny to like pull the auto cover off of it and let the dogs walk on the ice. And then I had that moment of, but what if the ice broke? And I'm like, never mind, never mind. Never mind. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. We've gone too far. Yep, I'm like that's a bad idea. Actually, how do you have that line of what is too far? Like, what is stuff that you're just like, nope, we're not doing that ever. Like, we're not crossing that boundary. Uh, letting my dogs off leash anywhere, but out, but in the, my own backyard. I am I am one of those people that when I am in public and people have dogs off leash, it drives me absolutely insane. And it's it your dog may be the most well behaved dog on the planet, and I understand that. But at the same time in my mind, it's not your most well-behaved dog that you're worried about. You're worried about the guy over there that dropped the leash of his not well, most behaved dog that is now coming straight towards your dog and you don't have any control. You First don't of all, have... my dogs would be an amuse-bouche to yours dogs because like, she's five <laughs> right. pounds. I had to go get right? a, a new uh, board of teleshot yesterday because I'm trying to get her a haircut and they're like, oh, she's overdue. So I was like, oh, okay. All so right. they had to wear her. So that's how I know how much she is. But um, <laughs> it's it's annoying because there is a little park um, somewhat cl close to us that I take the dog sometimes to walk. And so we're on leashes, both of them on yeah. leashes. And then the other day, as I'm like walking around, all of a sudden I see this dog come up and I'm like, it's like a little, uh, and I just, I don't know this dog, you know, yeah, and, I'm like, and I'm looking around and I'm like, where is this dog's owner? Where is their leash? And they're looking at me like, oh, they're friendly. And I'm like, as he's yelling at me from a football field away. And I'm like, my dog yeah. is not. Yeah. <laughs> First and you of don't, all, you don't know you you don't know if that dog running at you is friendly. They can tell you yeah. it's friendly, but you also yeah. still do not know. Again, I don't care how well trained your dog is. We had a police dog, a fully trained police dog, police canine unit dog, that was tracking somebody in the woods north of us. This was like twelve years ago. Caught the scent of a deer and took off, and they mm. never saw the dog again. This was a thirty thousand wow. dollar fully trained canine police unit dog that just just gone. For a moment, yeah, I'm just a dog. Well, and, and I picked yeah. up my like my little girl because at one point this other dog, this some other time, not not this one, but like this other dog came like barreling at us, 
and they kind of like shoved me as right. I'm holding the dog, trying to get to my smallest dog. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Where right. is this person's? And they're always like, my dog's friendly. It's fine. And I'm like, that's not okay because I can feel her heartbeat. And she's about right. to have a heart attack and die. Right. You know, it's just like, and it's supposed to be, you have to have your dog on a leash. And yeah. they're always looking at me like, oh, like it's not, oh, I, you know, I'm like, put your thing. dog on a leash. <laughs> When we do like our travel videos, I, I always get a lot of comments from people, you know, a lot of people understand it, uh, but a lot of people are like, you know, well, how can you be out there? Why why don't like if my dogs are swimming in the lake. I have a long leash that we put them on and we, we go out in the lake. If there's other dogs on the beach that are off leash, we won't do it because I don't want you know, I don't want my dog to get tangled with their dog or whatever, but we'll take them out there and we'll let them swim. And I have videos where the dogs are swimming in the lake and they're on leash and the comments of why wouldn't you just let them off leash? One, they're Siberian Huskies, and uh, they kind of just go deaf when they're off leash. I mean, if you watch my shorts, there's a reason, you know, I stand in the door with Kira. They're like, no. Offer her everything in the world, and she ain't coming in. She knows what she's supposed to do. I know what she's supposed to do. Oh, they know. They know. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not going to let my dogs off leash. But that, that is one of those things that, you know, we we actually had a, a while back. We had a brand sponsorship, and that was one of the things. They're like, we want you to take the dog to a park. And I'm like, no. <laughs> well, how come? I'm like, no. I said I will put her on a 50 foot leash and we can film this. And they're like, mm, that's not what we want. Then I can't do it. I then can't we can't do, do it. it. Yeah, I can't. I well, can't let my. You, though, for but again, like boundary. I said, it's 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 one of that's one of my that's one of my helicopter dog mom moments. And like, I can't, I can't, can't do it. I can't do no, it. No, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay, there's, so there's, there's okay times to say no to things. <laughs> absolutely right. And I think people then your audience would even know if they obviously. Uh, like all of a sudden saw some commercial where your dog's off leash and like what wait yeah what yeah like they would call you out and be like this is weird this is different I don't feel comfortable doing things that I think put them at risk of injury you know so like if we're filming certain videos and I'm like no this is I, I don't think this is a good idea there was a and I'm not knocking anybody that did it but there was a video where people were taking uh and they were putting like saran wrap in hallways and then their dogs would run down the hallway and not see the saran wrap and want run into it because you know it was like an, I don't like that invisible, anything that causes invisible physical barrier. damage or harm the, my thing I kept thinking is, oh my gosh, that saran wrap's going to wrap around the dog's face and they're going to panic. And I'm like, I can't do it. I can't make this video. Like I did the what the fluff challenge where you drop the blanket and you disappear. That's fun. The dogs are like, yeah. where'd you go? Where'd you go? Like there's things that I'll do, but then there's other things where I just, there's certain ones I can't do. The peanut butter on the head when they're cutting dog's nails. That was a viral video that everybody wanted me to do. And I'm like, I can't. I can't do that because if you if you hold your dog's foot wrong and you accidentally clip and now you've because it's easy to do when you're clipping your dog's nails. I dremel my dog's nails. But if you're clipping your dog's nails and you accidentally cut their quick, now you've hurt them and they may react. There's a good chance they're not going to. But what if they do? You created that situation. I just can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) No, I think it's I think it's good to have your own set of ethics when it comes to your own channel, because it makes it really easy if some brand deal comes along that makes you try and violate them for you to be like, nope, not right? happening. <laughs> right. And I think it's really important to have it because I think I had said on my channel, um, I was like, you'll probably never ever see me doing an audible sponsorship. Not that I don't want their aim, uh, like money. It's because I was like, I tell everyone to go get Libby. It's free and hook up with right. their library and like listen to their, you know, and not be limited to a certain amount of books per month. So like it would be right. very disingenuous of me to later come on and be like, let me tell you about Audible. And it may be a great service and there may be books available. Obviously, you don't have the wait list. But for right. me, like, I think my people would be like, dude, what? 
Right. <laughs> or like if all of a sudden I came in and I was um, pushing some new streaming service when everyone knows that I use like Restream and I use Ecamm right. and I use like, you know, certain ones that I love. And then I was like, guys, but have you heard about Zoom? Right. And, you know, to that effect, <laughs> I I review lots of different dog foods. Like if a company comes to us and they're like, hey, we want to do this on this dog food, I'll research the food and I'll feed it to them. And I had somebody ask me that. They're like, but what do you feed your dogs? I'm like, currently instinct. Next month might be wilderness. Next month might be open farm. I rotate my dog's food. And I've always done this. I've done it for years. People are like, you can't switch your dog's food. It'll make them sick. You buy good dog food. It doesn't make them sick. You do your little, you know, when when we go from one brand to the next brand, we we switch it over. And we I don't do, do it. Mix yeah, together and exactly. then like integrate. That's what I do too. Yep. And I don't do it for cost. I do it for variety. I literally yeah. do it because I do the maybe same they, because I was like, maybe they don't like, I call it stinky salmon food all the time yeah. because it's like the salmon flavor, which is very like odor. Apparently they love it. But like right. sometimes I'll go and like, okay, apparently it's wild venison now, you know, but like I, I will do the mixture at the end yep. and like, and then like switch them over. And but I think I they want variety too. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like I have the freedom to do the different dog food reviews because my audience already knows that I variety feed my dogs. So I'm not like stuck in this little, you know, oh, I can only feed him this one thing because this is what I feed him. And this is where you're, you know, you're genuine in this. I've tried fresh foods with them. I've done a few different uh, like those foods that come already prepackaged. Mm. I've, I've reviewed, a few, reviewed a few of those, you know, and if the dogs like them, we'll stay on it for a month or two. And then we go to the next thing and then we go to the next thing. But like you were saying, I feel like because my audience knows we do that. They're okay when we're like, hey, we're going to try this dog food this month. Or this month we're going to try open farm. And this month we're going to try, I don't know, Sunday dog food, whatever. I've tried so yeah. many. Like in my brain, I'm like, oh, we have tried a lot of. And I rotate back to them. The ones yeah. that we've done partnerships with, I rotate back to them. And, you know, got to give them variety. <laughs> so, and it's an interesting point you're bringing up because you're talking about sponsorships and everything. Like, how do you have like some sort of litmus test for Brands that you would work with, not work with, you know, obviously uh, it looks like things that might put your dog in danger. Nope, not doing it. Brands right. that are unreasonable about things that could put your dogs in danger, not doing it. But how else are you like interacting with these brand sponsorships and integrating them? You know, it really, I don't do a ton of them with the dog's main channel. I do more on the vlog channel because I feel like I have a little bit more freedom there. On the dog's main channel, I try to stick to like really really pet focused items like we had a company I can't remember the name of the company that wanted us to do a brand deal and we did it and I I said yes and I wasn't happy that I said yes and I knew I should have said no and then I told them I'm like this video isn't going to perform like I knew it and I tried even before it went up to say look I know this isn't going to perform that we should we shouldn't do this I should have said no in the first place and they were like no we, we think it'll do fine I was right the video was a complete failure because it wasn't and it was the one time I made the mistake. The one time I said, I will never do that again. I will never second guess that again. Like, and it wasn't that I didn't like the company. I loved the company. I loved what they were doing, but it just wasn't the right fit for the dog's channel. It would have been a better fit for the vlog channel. We have a little bit more freedom over there. You know, it's not just the dogs over there. It's Jamie and I. And what are we doing in our lives? And, you know, what's he fixing today? What are we cooking today? Where are we going today? We have a lot more freedom over there. But for the dogs, the biggest thing for me is I, I try to make it you know, companies that we know, companies that we that we use, I don't really like to, if it's a company I've never heard of before, I will go and research like, you know, what is it? What are they, you know, what's this product? Is it worth it? Is it going to work? Sometimes I'll buy the stuff and I'll be like, let me play with it before I even decide. Because you just, you just, 
you know, I don't want to be promoting something if it's not going to work well with our pets. So for me, it's really just a lot of that really digging into the companies and trying to keep in that pet focused space. And again, that's not to say we don't promote other things like we've promoted. We promoted uh, the Alpha movie. It was a Sony movie. We did that. But it fit because it yeah. was, you know, the origin story of dogs, of, you know, people of man making dogs their best friend or whatever. So it was like that origin story. It fit with who we are and the fact that we have huskies and the huskies kind of look like the dogs. So and I loved the movie. I loved the idea. So, of course, we said yes. But I asked so many questions before it. Like there was I had so many, you know, do we have to do this? Do we have to say is there a specific thing you're going to make us say? And can you tell us what it is before I say yes? And they're like, oh, no, no, we want you to do this all in your own words. That's another thing I tend to do. If they have like that set, you have to yeah. say this and you have to say this, I usually give a lot of pushback because I'm yeah. like, I know what my audience wants to hear, you know, or how they want to hear it. And if I read it off a script, it's not going to go as well as if I can just have the key points in my brain and talk about the things authentically in a video. So, well, I think there's something that you're coming out with, which is your guys's brand identity. And then right. there's the identity of your audience. And then there's the brand identity of the company that wants to work with you. And they all have right. to mesh together well, because right. if it's only good for, you know, like your bottom line, but not really good for the rest, then obviously your audience sees that. So I exactly. think it's something that a lot of newer creators don't get correct because they're right. just looking at it from like, oh, I'm getting money or right. I'm getting free product or whatever else it is. But it's like, it's hard to get back credibility if it's gone and you've wasted right. it on some, you know, <laughs> just wasted it is is basically is what I would say. Because like you have so much currency that you have and trust with your right. audience and, and it's really easy um, to mess that up. And, yeah. and it's one of those, like, you have to make deposits into that piggy bank before you make a withdrawal, which is sometimes what sponsor content and is. I, th it's I think like, with, yeah. I think with sponsored content, the other thing is, is you don't want to constantly be shoving things in people's faces with the style of content that we do. Like it's, it's a little bit different if you're doing like a review channel or if you're doing something where you're literally promoting products all the time, that's a little bit different, but we don't do that. So like for me, I try to not have more than one brand deal a week. You know, especially in our like our vlogs, I upload four vlogs a week and I try to limit it. If we end up with brand deals, I try to limit it one a week because I don't want every video to be, hey, check this out. Hey, check this out. Hey, check this out. I want it to be authentic. I want it to, you know, I'm not pushing a product at you every single time. We did a, a brand deal. I think it was this week with um, this company called Heat Tracks, which was really, really cool. I knew the product before they reached out to me. And then when they reached out to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I literally just did all this research on your product. Like, this is amazing. And they sent us these, they're, they're basically heat mats that again, we live where it snows, they melt the snow. So like out my back door, we put these mats. So when the dogs run up to the door, they don't hit ice. They hit these nice rubber mats. Now you can turn them on and off. And I'm like, this is like the, it's the greatest, it was the greatest partnership. The best thing about it was when the, when I told the guy, yeah, we'll work with you. What are your talking points? And he went, oh, say whatever you want to say. You've already done the research on the product. I'm like, I can do that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I can do and that. And that's going to be a whole topic. I think we're going to talk about that next week. I'm going to have a guest and we're going to talk all about brand deals. You yeah. know, can you push back? What can you, you know, what red flags to look for in yes. some of your contracts? You know, there's a lot, you know, when people yeah. are like, um, we're going to take your video and use it for our own social channels or whatever. And that's a whole other set of like in perpetuity. Rights. 
in perpetuity and things yeah. like that, right? Yes. To look out or like those strict talking points or yes. um, exclusivity clauses and non-competition oh, yeah. clauses and like how long before and after clauses and net payment terms and, you know, dissolution or like re-edits. Like there's a lot of like red flags and tape to go through. So I think we'll be talking about that one next week. But yeah, is there idea. any like other red flag that you would immediately just be like, if a brand asked me to do this? obviously put my dogs in danger or like, right. you know, it's some product that I've never heard of. Um, anything else that you would just be like, nope, mm -mm, like big red flag, not doing that. I know you if said they, perpetuity. That's a big one. If they, yeah. If they require me to like leave the ad spot in the video for forever, I'll usually say no. Um, because I, I don't like that. Like, like it, on the main channel, a lot of the times the ad spots we do on there are like edited in a way where, you know, six months from now or a year from now or whatever we decide on, I can cut them out. And I do that because one, the product maybe not even exist by then, mm -hmm. which, you know, then you could cut it out anyway. But also you got paid to promote that product. You didn't get paid to promote the product for the next five years. So if that video starts to take off, well, now it's got this ad spot in it, but you only got paid the one time. So that's, that's something that I always look for is like, no, I don't want to have to leave it in there forever. You know, or there should be an escape clause if like um I've seen some in the beauty space where something has come out about the owner of a company. Um, right. Like very, very bad stuff where all of a sudden it's like, I don't want my name associated with that anymore. Right. But like, you know, is it legally, does it still have to be there? So like there should probably, um, maybe that's something you need to look at an escape yeah. clause for like bad behavior from the brand. When can you take it out? You know, yeah. um, because you can go in into the back end of editor and maybe just cut yep. out the 30 seconds or whatever the integration spot is. And sometimes you're going to want to have to have that because also what happens if you collaborated with something and then they did something illegal, they went to jail, right. they, right murdered someone whatever it is like maybe you don't want that spot with an interviewer you know integration with that brand on your channel anymore but are they right. going to come after you because you cut it out you know right. so things like that you got to look at that because um that may be something you need to look at of course no one plans to go out there and murder someone but like you know right. if it happens maybe you don't want that yeah, sitting in your prepared. video anymore <laughs> you just want to be protected i think that's the biggest thing is you just, yeah, just want to be protected yeah. Okay. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience that is here listening? Um, any advice or talking points or future plans for your channel? Oh, advice for everybody out there. You know, if you're just sitting there thinking about doing it, stop thinking about it and just do it. <laughs> yeah. So much of just it is just it. stop thinking. It's all just in your head. Execute, right? Yeah. It's all in your head. Nobody's At least you'll then you, you have the you... data and you'll know like, oh, my audience like this or they didn't like this or whatever it is. But you like, otherwise you just spin these stories in your head yeah. of this whole narrative and story of like what's going to happen. And you're just like, or you could just put it out and see what happens. It doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> like, Never. you know, you just, if you get a little bit better each time, that's all that matters. I, mean, I don't even have like, I have a, there's closet doors, like my background, like I podcast in this room. This is what my background looks like. I don't have fancy. It's the 1% rule, have, right? Just 1% you know, yeah. better if you can. Exactly. Time. Every time, every time we do it, I'm like, mm, we're going to change this. Maybe we're going to get this, you know, next time I'll do this. But I've just, I'm, at least I'm doing it. I think that's, I think that's the, the biggest piece of advice I can it's give It's very anybody. Nike of you. Just do it. Just, just do, do it. it. Just do it. It sounds a lot harder than, you know, it really is. Once you start doing it, you'll yeah. be glad you did it. We make everything harder than like yeah. it needs to be, right? <laughs> right. We do. We overthink we do. things, analyze yep. things, Yep. all of that. You know, like when you were probably younger in some, you know, middle school crush situation and you're like did they mean to smile at me did they mean right? to walk by me did they mean to brush my hand or you could just ask sometimes and do it right 
Yep. Whatever. Exactly. All right. So I'm going to play a 15 second boogie outro and we can boogie and then I'm going to hit the end stream and then I'm going to say goodbye to you after. So I've had this happen before where I'm like, okay. And then the person just leaves and I'm like, no, I'm going to say goodbye to you. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone out there, thank you so much to Jessica. Can we get some round of applause for Jessica in the, in the chat? Make sure that you um, say hello. And if you want to go visit her, I, in the previous live stream linked her (laughs) youtube channel so i will come back and do that in this live stream as well so thank you everyone for dealing with us and our technical difficulties we will see you in a stream very soon um have a great night everyone all right let's boogie is that your third button this is the third this is it (laughs) we got all kinds of buttons going on here (laughs) 